All right, so here we are on Facing Fears, episode three. And right before we get into the podcast, I just want to say that um, I'm going to have on Tim. Hold on. <laughs> I'm going to have on Tim. <laughs> I actually know his name. I was checking something else. But I'm going to have on Tim. And Tim is an entrepreneur from Canada. And basically... Uh, Tim has a lot of interesting perspectives, and we go into all crazy directions, but I just wanted to put this at the start of the podcast, just because I wanted to preface it with saying that I'm kind of upset with the way I recorded my voice. It sounds like I'm in such a distant room, so I was definitely a little dumb with that. And the second thing is that, um, that to start off, we're just going to talk about Tim and uh, his business up in Canada, basically... We're going to get into that, but then further on, uh, we're going to really dive in and get to the more central theme of the podcast, which is, uh, you know, it's facing fears, but it's just talking about whatever there is to talk about, you know? And um, yeah, so here we go. Let's get into it. So here we are in uh, Facing Fears, episode three, and today I'm joined by Tim, who is an entrepreneur and, uh, you know... Entrepreneurs, you know, I believe it's just people who have a different mindset um, just entirely. And um, we were talking about what Tim's doing and uh, Tim was just about to get into it. But basically, he was telling me that basically everything he's trying to do goes against fundamental business logic. So would you like to expand on that? <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. So but it, it's funny to describe and I, I've got friends that are thoroughbred entrepreneurs and when I kind of talk about what I'm doing, I see their eyes, you know, it, it's like a look of concern in their eyes. Um, because I, I think the general business logic is to be very focused, very condensed with what you're doing, not, not sporadic and spread out, but, um, you know, try to get one thing off the ground. And, and I found myself in an environment where the one thing that I'm focused on lends itself so organically to other things that I find myself really pushing for that. And also the reality of my business is that it's a very, very seasonal business at its roots. And so one thing really doesn't make right. you through the entire year. Uh, so it's, it's focused uh -huh. on tourism in a travel destination in Canada. It's, it's about two and a half hours north of Toronto, uh, and it's, it's an area called the Bruce Peninsula. And what it is, is we're creating that a central platform for people to get connected with, uh, with things to do in that area. Uh, historically, people drive to this area, it's a cottage country area, and they get there and, and then they try to figure out what to do from there. And it's, it's a huge amount of traffic that does that. It's 16,000 cars a day in peak season. But they, there's no real effort being put into controlling that traffic or creating that sales funnel and, and making multiple purchases. It's a bunch of businesses that are all out there for themselves. So what we've come in to do is, is create that sales funnel and, and we pitch ourselves to these partnering businesses as being that central marketing source and really alleviating them of, of having to uh, put, put effort into their standalone marketing. 
the more we the more we grow uh-huh. basically we are a commission on sale platform mm-hmm. and the more we grow the more we can invest into our own marketing and therefore just become the the the, the whole process for travelers coming up there and and we're right so when i first well, go I, ahead you continue with your question sorry so I was so at first when you started talking, I had no idea what you're talking about. But towards the end, I, I feel like I kind of yep. understood. Basically, there's this area in Canada um, that focuses on tourism, and there's a bunch of you know single businesses uh, out there that um, could benefit from basically contracting their marketing out to people specialized like yeah, you. Yeah, right? so what the the big difference is rather than a traditional marketing agency that would step in and say, "Give me fifteen hundred dollars a month to run your social and run your website," we're saying we will build the entire sales platform. Everything will be hosted through us and we charge a commission on the sale. So uh-huh. we don't have any upfront costs. We have zero signup costs. And so when we approach these mm-hmm. businesses, it's only the only the business we bring them, we get paid on. Right. That's how we're kind of different. Where, um, where we started this conversation was was the focus and and what we kind of realized is a in a 10-week canadian summer uh and that that's kind of our peak tourist season you can't make a ton of money it's just too short of a season and so we started building these auxiliary businesses off of it so we've you know we've started getting into um building our own tourism businesses around the platform since since we will and and we do own that sales funnel we can really use it as the opportunity to place people where they need to be uh this is the first time i'm really describing it in in this way in this context does this make sense um for the most part the first half i was was able to grasp and then uh the second half it sounded like you were trying to do some you're trying to expand your business and have some yeah so Basically, just the the whole concept is there's an endless amount of stuff that we can do here. Like, I'm sure uh, where Mm -hmm. you're from, you have some kind of cottage country type area around you if you're around a major city. Um, Cottage type? uh, What do you mean by that? When I say cottage country, I mean the area that traditionally people go where they have their cabins, where they have, you know, the lake country where, where people, you know, have their boats and they go and spend a week in the summer. Yeah, I guess it's more like, so I'm from the East coast on the U S so it's more like if people are going to go spend a summer, it's probably like at the beach, like some beach house. That's my kind of cottage vibe. Okay. Yeah, no, that's, um, that's exactly the area that we're looking at. Like this is coastal Lake here on like beautiful freshwater beaches. Um, it's actually one of the world's longest freshwater beaches. And so, yeah. So, um, but today I kind of wanted to get into foot, well, basically, um, you know, what do you, what do you think about what I said when I first opened up that I, I believed, you know, that people who are entrepreneurs, you know, really trying to go out there and dive into the world and on their own, I believe they come from a, they have a different mindset from the average person, the average employee. Um, and now I know we talked a little and we were talking about how, you were once an employee um, at the age, well, for about seven yeah. years now. 
And um, well, I, I was an employee. At, how do you feel about that, that mindset, the mindset between those two areas of your yeah. life? Yeah, I, I was um, seven years in corporate marketing. Uh, before that, a number I've been working since I was 14 years old, legally able to. Uh, but you're right, there, there's a total shift. I, I went from this place of, you know, knowing very, very clearly my responsibilities. Um, and, and to touch on what you said about mindset, that's, it's true. And for me, that was a learned skill. And it still is an ongoing learned skill. I'm super lucky that my partner in this business is a lifelong entrepreneur. He's my brother. And uh, he's just one of those guys that was turning the schoolyard in fifth grade into a business. And so I'm super lucky to be partnered up with him. But for me, I'm kind of the other side of it, where I'm learning a lot of these traits as I go. And I think this is pretty relevant to the context of the podcast here. It's interesting to me how years even though i was in marketing i was in a relatively creative field um a field that gave me a lot of freedom i was not my creative self i was not you know even in social settings i just found myself not being the full breadth of my humor the full breadth of my people skills it it was just something about it that really collapsed my my personality or muffled it i guess that's pretty that's pretty great to hear i mean you basically i mean you were saying that your work and your mindset were directly tied to or directly correlated with how you actually felt in so many different aspects of your life well it, right? yeah absolutely your your environment kind of breeds that around you or it, it kind of incubates that right um it, you know, your environment kind of incubates that, or was it your being your mindset? I, I think which, I think my, both. I, I would say for me personally, my environment incubated my mindset. So now that I've broken myself out of that corporate culture, and, and again, as far as corporate culture goes, I was probably in the shallow end of the pool. It was a it was a creative space. It was a you know, it, it was a, a good place to work. But just that general overarching structure and and just having such clearly defined expectations. Um, really that environment sculpted my, uh-huh. my mindset. Right. So getting, go ahead. Yeah, yeah. For the, I mean, I, I, under, so when you first said the shallow end of the pool, like uh, when I first heard that, uh, I was a little confused, but then I understood you're talking the shallow end of the pool in terms of kind of whether or not your salary you're making, like in terms of your creativity yeah. and just how well it can, and you're still, you're saying there's that, huge limitation even though so what you're the metaphor you're making is basically for those people doing like you know desk yeah. jobs right yeah i, I think the, and, and when i say shallow into the pool i think my 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 point was was largely around i just wasn't my full self in that role like i i i didn't feel like i had the full breadth of my creativity the full breadth of my um entrepreneurial mindset and and this and that and, and it wasn't you know i, I always battled with the idea, I always knew that I wanted to leave that environment and start my own business. But there's just something about having that handicap of a corporate environment. And, you know, I, I know a lot of people preach starting side gigs, starting side jobs while you're in there. And it just wasn't something I could bring myself to do 
for the main reason of my mental capacity, my creative capacity, my ability to get stuff right. done was spent at the end of a 10 hour workday. Right. And I really, you know, it wasn't until I found myself in a position where I, I wanted to get, or I needed to get out of that environment in order to, in order to start something new for myself. And, and that's what I did. So it, now for those, now for those, uh, um, now for those people, so you got into basically, you're saying for you, uh, what you, what you, you couldn't accomplish what you're now accomplishing, just still in that yes. environment. Um, um, and it limited your creativity. And, uh, so at least for me, right, right now, I think personally, I'm within, like on the border of the two, like I, for me, for one, I'm completely in the, you know, the corporate structure. I mean, I don't work at the most corporate of corporate jobs, but I just live like, I do like a normal basic sure. computer job. Right. Um, and when you're talking to me, I kind of, it's weird because I I'm listening to you, but when you started talking to me about my limited creativity and just about, you know, your overall mind, just, I I'm, I'm kind of aware that, I am missing that kind of higher yeah. mind that I know I, you know, I've had. And, uh, and I so... feel like this is a wormhole that you can go very, very deeply down. But I, I think a lot of the way um, things are structured for us, even from starting school, it's, it's to create employees. It's not to create entrepreneurs. It's, um, you know, you're, you live your whole life with a set of instructions and a rubric. And and corporate life is no different. So you different. You have your instructions and you have a rubric for how you did. And that's what caused all these uh, you know limiting factors within just you as a person. I I believe so. Um, so there's for for me one thing that that hit me hard, and it, uh, it's almost embarrassing where I first heard it, but I know that it wasn't a direct quote from him. Uh, but it, I heard it first from Tony Robbins, uh, just in passing. And the quote was, if you want to take the island, you have to burn the boats. Meaning, you got to get rid of your escape plan. You got to get rid of what's holding you back. And, and that, for me, was the comfort of having a good job and the limitations of that spent um, creative intelligence. So how were you actually able to burn the boats? I, I left the job. I left the job before I was, you know, before we had income, before we really even had a full business plan. I just knew it was what I needed to do. If we had any intention of, of creating this alternative life for ourselves, it needed to be done without any chains. How much planning went into that moment? And what were you looking oh, my, at? It's funny. Uh, and maybe this contradicts my story a little bit, but it's funny where I was at personally is my, my partner and I, we had decided months beforehand that um, we were both upset or you know frustrated with this corporate environment. She comes from, uh, you know, a top financial institution here in Toronto. Uh, we, were, we were very frustrated with that environment and we were going to switch into these remote-based jobs and, and I was going to do my job in a remote environment. 
and we had bought and bought a fifth wheel trailer and we were going to just drive east to west in Canada for eight straight months. So we were going to do that in digital nomadic thing. We were going to do that van life type thing. And so a lot of planning went into that and we had bought the trailer and we had gotten the truck and, and that was our plan. And then did you say that was an eight month process? Well, no, sorry. Our plan was to go for eight months. But we had, okay, okay. we had bought the trailer six months prior. And so our goal was, was to really just, you know, trade in the structure. And I, I, I'm sure you're not that familiar with Toronto as a place, but it's, it's a very corporate environment. And it's one of the busiest highways in North America. And I was on that highway every day, just burning, burning two, two and a half hours of my life. And so just something about the freedom of living in the place you work and traveling in the place you work seemed so appealing to me. Okay. And uh, for a second, I thought you were going to keep going on, but uh, it sounded so appealing, that thing. When I hear that, it does sound very appealing, but then I also just, uh, you know, it's also the corporate environment or just being not on your own and listening to basically by the guides in terms of how you're going to meet people and just experience life. It, it's, there's just so many question marks. It makes, it, it makes me question how I would actually truly adapt to that situation. Um, I, I was at a point like, for, and sorry to jump in. I was at a point where I needed question marks, if that makes sense. Uh huh. Right, because because not having question marks didn't get me as far as I wanted it to. Not having question marks, Did you, right? Maybe um, I'm not being super clear with it. Like the the set career path wasn't getting me where I needed to go. The the corporate mm-hmm. the you know the agency life, the, the, whatever I was doing, it wasn't getting me where I needed to go. And so the idea of question marks, the idea of where are we going to find internet? What are we going to do? How are we going to make all of our money? Like what, you know, what are all of these things that can go wrong? That was almost as appealing to me as, as everything else. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you traded basically that sense of security for that expensive adventure in a a lot of ways in a lot of ways yes and i guess the question was how uh, it was and i apologize it was around how how did i get into that what what was the process of burning the boats that was the question and right i was in that process i had the trailer we were so dead set and then my my brother my now business partner approached me and, and had this idea and it was in an area that i had gone to a few times prior and i understood the business and and when I heard him out on the business model, it was it was just like shit. Like I, I You're right. Why don't I just do this shit well, instead? It, right. It was that, but it was also like I was upset because I had such a great and and my my partner and I we had such a great vision for what our next year was going to look like. But this uh-huh. came up, and it was like this is a good idea. This is the chance to get yeah. something entrepreneurial going, and and it just has so much potential behind it. Yeah. So you actually took that second option and do you ever question, I mean, how do you feel about that decision, right? What has it brought to you? It's brought to me 
already and and I will be upfront and that our business is not where I want it to be at this point and it's not um it, it's still very much in the growth period of its life and and we're steering it as best we can but it's brought for how long we started you in that? the spring we started in the spring and it's it's growing it's growing slowly and we're gonna you know take a take a big push in into the the marketing aspect of it this coming uh spring but Sorry, I, I apologize. What, what was my direction there? This is <laughs> the direction. I know my bad. The direction was uh, where. What is it brought to you? And then you were getting into it's. It's brought me somewhere. It's not where it's at. Yeah. It's brought oh, me somewhere, yeah, and then you're going somewhere. But what has it brought Genuinely, you? it's brought me happiness. As much as it's stressful, mm. as, and, and that sounds corny, it sounds strange, but it's it's just I am in a much more creative space. I'm I'm much more in that mental space that I was in my youth. And I'm much more, you know, free to enjoy um, what I really live for, and that is simple pleasures. It's just uh-huh. I, you know, how when you're when you're in that mental funk, the the sky's a little less blue. Well, it's it's bright blue for me right now. Right. So yeah, um, for me, I feel like it's a blue gray. You know, um, how, how do you, because of your environment right now? Um, cause I mean, I am in, I mean, so I think per, personally, I am kind of, I have definitely have like uh, personality traits. So, I mean, I am like you in the terms of, I have been to places where I have been like a very clear mind and just really sharp and I feel really happy. Um, not really worried about anything mm-hmm. in life but the experience with from in front of me is just really yeah. enjoyable. Um, but you know, at this moment in my life, I feel like I have aspects of it going on, but it's just clouded by that other side mm-hmm. of me. Um, and, uh, a lot of that comes f- you know, I am young, so it's really hard hard to, for me to wrap around my head exactly what my work means in my right. life, right? And it's it's um, probably a, it's it's a new thing for you, right? Because you're relatively fresh out of school, if I understand. And then right. so you've, to be honest, yeah, yeah, you're you're wide eyed right now. You're, and, and I'm sorry not to speak for you, but I I I think I was where you're at, and maybe you're starting. You're you've gotten there a lot quicker than I have to to this point of. Should I say cynicism on your part? Um, yeah, I would say cynicism. And I actually have a, a really nice story to share today, actually about an experience that just happened. And I think it ties into kind of the reason why, you know, I'm interested in people's mindsets like you. And uh, um, basically it, it uh, stirs from, you know, there was just a process of me kind of, waking up to the reality of my, the nature of my reality in a certain sense. And, um, basically you said, you know, I've come to an awareness of something and I think that's just what it is. Just the nature of reality. Right. Um, basically, uh, I mean, it started when I got approached. I mean, I've also, I've always had elements of 
questioning things within my life, right? Okay. Um, but but now is when you know that time in my life where I've undergone a tra- a new experience of joining the workforce, yeah. right? And so, how is I going to wrap my head around that? Um, everything has been good, um, but sorry, I'm, I think I went a little over the place, but basically. Um, what made me start to want to do actually try to do things like a podcast and whatever I'm trying to do on the side. Right. So how did I actually get that motivation to do that? That came from some guy approached me and gave me a book about network marketing. Yeah. You know what that is? So uh, actually this guy was a part of a Mm -hmm. pyramid scheme, but regardless, I read the book and it just really made me see that, you know, the, the employee mindset is such a poor mindset. Yeah. Right. That's the first thing I yeah. want to talk about. Um, what do you th- think about the employee mindset? I, and- I think, frankly, I think that a lot of people benefit from it. I think that for a lot of people, it is the right move. I think for me personally, it was a handicap. Um, I, I think that I, I, I think back on my, my time in agencies and, and I, I, I just always felt like there was this haze. Like I, I'm, I feel like I'm someone who could think on my feet. That's creative that, that can, you know, accomplish a lot, but I always, and one thing for me was, was having this hierarchy in the room, this knowledge that judgment could come down on me at any minute. And you just, you needed to perform. And if you slipped up, if you said the wrong thing, if you did the wrong thing, if you, in any way did not perform, it was going to be detrimental to your future. And whether or not that was or wasn't a reality is, you know, I never found out. But it made me second guess my um, desire to put myself on the spot and my desire to to kind of reach. So you said it's not for everyone, but you said for you personally, that environment didn't breed your creativity and, you know, your determination, all those things. But do you really think that's, that's not something for everyone Um, to, you know what I'm saying? God, I mean, look, there, there's, there's gotta be, there's gotta be cogs in the wheel and, and that's just a, a reality. Do I think that people could reach a higher potential, um, Outside of that environment, potentially, you know, in in a, in many cases, maybe in the majority, I don't know. Uh, and and I, I'm sorry if this goes against the the thematics that you're going for here. No, there's no thematics. I it's just trying to figure out yeah. what it is, right? No, I I I do think that. And look, I know people that were at my agency. I know people that were at my partner's finance job that thought it was the greatest. And they thought it was the greatest because they could put in their time and they could drive home to their family and they could cook a big dinner and they could do those things that made them happy. Right. And like for many, maybe even a majority, that is what life is all about. You know, it's, it's trading your time for money, going home and doing what you want to do and, and power to you if that is your desire. But I, I think people like you and I, from, from everything that you've said, that's, not it. And so the reality is I, I think people need to come to terms with that themselves 
and it's not up to any one person to say this is what you need to do. But those who have that within them and, and want to take that leap, you know, even having that that little bit of fire, you know, putting yourself into that entrepreneurial environment or mindset or or this or that, it can really throw gasoline on it. Yeah, man. I mean, um, as you were talking, man, I was just, I had so many, I feel like it's, it's just a topic that there's just wraps my head in so many questions and threads, yeah. right? So whenever, whenever you speak, it's like, I have, I have like a million things to ask. And then at the end of it, I have no idea yeah. what to ask, you know? <laughs> no, I, um, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. But yeah, cause this, it's just the nature of it, it. I think is also just so confusing, right? Cause there's no real direction as you were saying at when you first oh, yeah. got on here, but it's, it's just. There's, I, there's, and I'll tell you, there, how do you wrap, how do you wrap your head around to, that? To build on the, the, the reality that there's no real direction. There's times I spend three days working on, uh, you know, working on some kind of presentation, three days working on some content of some kind, three days working on a plan. And then, then I throw the whole thing in the garbage, right? Like I just go, this doesn't work. Okay. Now I know. And, and, and I think that probably is too much for a lot of people, but it's a reality of this is you're, you're right. going to, you're going to throw in, um, you're going to put a lot of work into some things and then you're going to throw, throw the towel in on it. And, uh, that's. So, so about that mm. specifically, if you were, if you were to go back and, you know, cause at every moment you kind of lack awareness of what you sure. should be what, doing, what right? The thing that if gets you were to... me closest to my goal in this exact moment is a really, almost impossible thing to know. Right. Has there any been, is, has there been any kind of theme that you kind of noticed and that you kind of wished you could tell yourself back then to keep your mind on for like these signals or something? <laughs> uh, well, for one, if I figure it out, I'll let you know. Uh, and, okay. and, and I'm, I'm still upfront about this. So I'm, I'm not where I'm going to be with this business. I'm not where I want to be with this business. And so I don't feel like I could mm -hmm. answer that from any real place of authority. But my belief right now is that my belief right now is that there, it's going to be sporadic. Like there's going to be certain things that you think are, are an all in and, and all signs point to yes. And then you come across one, you know, regional bylaw that shipwrecks the whole thing. Or you come across one thing of, oh my God, insurance mm -hmm. on this is, 10 times as much i i put days working on a, a plan for for a tourism or a travel based grocery delivery service that we were going to integrate into the into the platform and it was just a shoot hold on one more sign would you say oh, you were trying to do we were going to integrate in grocery delivery right. so people rent a cabin it comes with fully stocked fridge of, of their choice kind of like a grocery gateway or, or whatever right. else is is in the states um right we were going to integrate that specifically for tourism and, and we were going to control that anyway i spent days making a, a specific plan for this and then days trying to communicate right. with all the insurance providers in the area and i found out that it's ridiculous it's like three grand a month for insurance right 
Right. And it's so in any kind of in any kind of situation in any business, there's you have no idea exactly what's going to come up to basically f up the plan. And in this one case, yep. it's the insurance, but is this basically everywhere across your whole business? Oh yeah, absolutely. Like you you go so far down a down a pathway and and you try to research it as best you can. Uh, but in building it out, hopefully you don't find something, but you, you very well could. And and that could change the direction of your plan. In in most cases, I would say it's a pivot, not a brick wall, right? Uh It's, you know, it's a turn Mm -hmm. in the road, not a brick wall, but sometimes you stop. Sometimes you say this was a good plan, but we need to take it back to the drawing board. Mm-hmm. And I've experienced that, you know, a, a few times. Um, man, I just had a question yeah. slipped right through me. Uh, I'll get you a notepad. Yeah, <laughs> I gotta get something then, because it's it's happened too many times. Uh, let's and and see. I, I said this when we talked on the phone the first time. I have a tendency to steamroll conversations. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. But it's been good. It's been good so far. Um, um, definitely a lot of like valuable insights. And at the end of the day, still there's just so many yeah. questions. So, um, well, this but, I, I mean, not not to take control of of anything, but this is all based around the idea of, of overcoming and and kind of managing fears and and the fears of transition. If I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's to to tie it back to that. It it you know. For a, I'm very, very lucky to be where I'm at right now. I was, I had a number of years of of a good career under my belt, and I did leave in a circumstance that I could easily return, and and that's kind of a good thing as well. But it, it's funny because the I do have fears, and and you know I do miss the stability. I miss the total confidence in planning my next vacation. I miss, um. You know, I, I miss not feeling guilty or, or having the ability to go out and have uh, have a nice meal at a restaurant. And and I think that in my head and, and what I do know to be true is it's a short period of struggle that has greener gables. It, it has the payoff of being an entrepreneur. And in many cases, that gives you less control over your life. And in some ways, it gives you more. But it, it does give you, you know, when you're successful, that financial benefit. This experience, you know, it just challenges you in a different way from the employee. The employee has, you know, those problems of uh, being scared of what their yeah. boss might say. You know, you don't have that problem, but you lack the sense of security of what your paycheck might bring you, right? Yeah. But still, you're saying with it, you're saying in a little kind of sense that you know the paycheck is not what actually is bringing you the happiness because at, at this moment you just told me that you know now compared to when you're an employee, you're oh, happier. Oh, absolutely, absolutely. I'm I'm happier. I'm um, I'm in a totally different place in my spirits. And and so mm-hmm. yeah, I, I I would agree with you. I, I don't think that the money directly buys you happiness. I think having it is a good thing, but mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, yeah, and, and 
to be honest, and, and I won't take this anywhere political, but I know that in terms of fear of leaving your job and going into entrepreneurship, that that's a whole different ball game south of the border, right? Because you've you've got a lot more risk around um, you know your health and and things like that. South in, of the border, in the states. You're talking about. If, okay. Sorry, I'm I'm north. You're south of me there, but I, gotcha. I just I, and again, not I I'll I'll stay away from political, but it obviously is going to be if if you're looking to leave your job, leaving your health insurance is going to be a a, a major blow. We're we're super lucky up uh-huh. here in that our medicine is is socialized, so I've never had to be concerned about um, if I break my arm or fall sick or whatever may happen in life. Right. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, I pay so much money. I'm more, personally, I'm in a lot of debt from student loans. And uh, basically, that's just an expense that's piling up my rent. And then also, it's not something I even thought about is that once you leave your job, now healthcare is going to be on top. So it's almost like I, in a certain sense, am still enslaved by that. I, Reality. I didn't even think I, of the I've healthcare. I've heard that analogy before, and and to for comparison, I I don't know what um, student loans would be like down there, but up here I was paying somewhere around you know three thousand dollars a semester, so it was a bit mm-hmm. more probably manageable. Yeah, no, for sure, for sure, more manageable, but um. But, you know, once you quit the job and you're on your own, it's about, you know, cutting down your oh, expenses sure. as much as possible, right? Um, it's just almost as if that doesn't exist for people, really. It's almost they have to be tied to some kind of job. And I've, I've got my you know? expenses as well, right? Like, I've, I've got to be, you know, picking up odd jobs here and there. i got to be doing what I can to make my car payment. And I've got to be uh-huh. doing what I can to contribute to rent and and... You know, I, I still have those responsibilities and it, it is a major concern. Um, I'm lucky that I'm, you know, for this stage of my life, I'm lucky that I'm not in a mortgage. So I've got a lot less to lose. Mm-hmm. But I think anyone who's looking at making a transition like this, they're going to be super pragmatic about it, right? And that that is going to make a lot of people second guess the risk versus reward. Right. What's what's better, being able to absolutely put food on your kid's table or having a life where you have a, you know, a lot more financial freedom, a lot more success. But a short a lot more financial freedom in in entrepreneurship is what I'm saying. Well, yeah, the potential is that. Yeah, look, that's that's the that's the pot of gold at the end of the rainbow. Right. That's why you do this. And a lot of a lot of people do it for the love of business. I do it for the love of, of creating something, the love of having something that I've built. But, but financial freedom is obviously a big part of it as well. I like the way you put that though, part of the goal, because if someone's like, if you know it, it's not as meaningful as your creativity and the experience you get through the process of burning yeah. the boats and jumping out there for on your own. Yeah, I suppose you're right. Like, I've I've got modest. Uh, I've got a modest lifestyle. I intend on always living a modest lifestyle. I I'm not someone who wants to be driving the sports car. Um, I'm not someone who wants to be 
living in the house with the lion head statues at the end of the driveway. Yeah, I would say I'm exactly yeah. the same way. You know, it's I, I like that modest lifestyle and I, I like what that represents for me. But I also want to be able to retire comfortably and, and that's maybe another challenge with corporate, uh, I'll say corporate North America. Um, I don't personally believe that it's the stable infrastructure that it's long been believed to be. I don't believe it's going to mm -hmm. continue in that trajectory. If anything, um, that, you know, I know exactly what you're saying is that that dream of retirement that exists nowadays is not going to exist in about 20 years. But when that happens, right, it, to me, that it's almost going to be like a generational event, right? Oh, yeah. Where, uh, oh, yeah. So it's going to, it's going everything's going to crash at that around there. Don't you think? I, I think that, look, I, I don't know. Like, I, I'm hoping that and obviously i'm hopeful obviously i'm optimistic or else i wouldn't be trying to trying to go off on, on my own but I, i'm hoping that there is a change in the trajectory but when i look at things like cost of living increasing significantly while wages stay stagnant when i look at a lot of those other factors to me one of the scariest things is that we have normalized the quote-unquote side gig um the idea that the new normal is to have a second job after your full-time college educated or what have or skilled trade or, or whatever else job, the idea that you need to have another job on top of that to me is a frightening thing because that, that does nothing uh -huh. to help the rise in cost of living. It just means that you're now normalizing, dedicating all of your waking hours to being at work. Yeah. I don't know if you have perspective on that. No, I, when you started, I, it was blowing my mind. <laughs> um, say it one more time. Say it one more time. Part, blew what, my mind. What, sorry. Uh, the thing is, I completely forgot, but I knew when you were saying it, you were saying uh, you're normalizing yeah. the side gig. Um, to, me, and, to me, it's scary. Um, and and um, to me, it's it's a bad trajectory. It's It's just, okay, cost of living is going up wages or salaries aren't necessarily growing at that same ratio. And in a lot of industries, they're stagnating or declining. And, and people are getting older, so they're going to be, I mean, in at least North America, or at least the uh, U.S., you know, Social Security is not going to exist. Right. You know. It's, it it um, absolutely so. runs the risk of collapsing. The Canadian pension plan is, it, it is in the same boat. You know, we've got the boomer generation that is retiring. They are getting older. They are dipping into that. And, you know, I, I'm definitely not the economics per, like professor who's able to speak fluently. Same. But it does seem like there's something there, like just too many. And you know what they said with the housing uh, mm -hmm. housing crash? I, 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 you know, it's been a long time and I was so young. But I believe what I remember hearing was that it, was, it wasn't just one thing. It was right. so many things converging that the housing market just played a big role. You oh, know yeah. what I'm saying? But it, it kind of the straw. That and it seems like we're on the same trajectory. Well, does it not? It, look again, I, I can only speculate. I can only say what, what I see. I, I think that this has been a trend since whenever the eighties of 
you know, making these minute decisions that have short-term gain but long-term detriment. You know, you you start right. Can you give an example of um, one of those changes? The outsourcing of manufacturing to other countries, to you know, overseas, to uh-huh. it's it made short-term sense, but uh-huh. long-term, you you know, you see a generation of extreme right. wealth. And then another generation that's that's really itching to get by. I, I heard a a fact, and and God, I I don't, I'm not going to be able to go that far beyond quoting the headline here, but it was more or less saying that millennials, so you know my generation, and I yourself, I, I'm not sure. I'm 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 on the border of millennial Gen Z. I think I'm in the last month of yeah. millennial. Okay. Okay. Wow. Um, millennials are, are set to be the richest generation ever in North America. Now that because of, because of the transfer of wealth from the boomers, from our collective parents, uh-huh. to me, that spells a, that creates a very scary environment of, there's going to be a very big concentration of wealth in those who have it to inherit because of what, whatever reason. But if wages aren't growing with it, that you're not you're, you're going to have a lot of income inequality more so than today uh-huh. in my they're going to inc- the thing yeah i know you're i think is this what you're saying they're the millennial generation is going to inherit a shit ton of money but they don't we don't have we don't have the the st- infrastructure or this you know the structure to maintain that wealth is that what you're saying or well i i think that if you see a trend of stagnating wages and people having to pick up second jobs just to pay their mortgage then that they're not going to have that upward mobility that allowed the previous generation to, you know, to grow in the same way, you know? Yeah. Maybe I was getting a little confused, but you, I mean, you were saying something about how, you know, the millennials is going to be the richest yes. generation because they're going to inherit right. this so wealth. The, but then the, you're, you brought it to the wages, how wages are stagnant. So how are you saying oh, this relates to Because those who don't have money to inherit will are stuck in in their salary right. jobs or their wage jobs. So that's where I'm saying uh-huh. in my mind and I'm going so political with it like it's anyway um in in my mind <laughs> there is going to like income inequality is going to be a massive thing in the next generation. In my uh-huh. mind because you have people that are inheriting generational wealth and I'm I'm fortunate in that I grew up in a, you know, uh middle class or, you know, upper middle class household and and had a great life but the people that don't have that transfer of wealth coming to them are are i don't see other than in a minute um minute portion of them how they're gonna how they're gonna equalize how they're gonna keep up yeah I mean, maybe yeah, I cut can... this whole bit out because God, I'm not an economics person. So maybe I'm just talking out my ass. <laughs> I, maybe, maybe, no, yeah, no, the thing is I'm, I'm the same way. So when I'm listening to you, the thing is I'm like agreeing and like, yeah, I mean, I see the same yeah. shit, right. It just makes sense. It, it's just, there's no escape from, you know, the expenses of life and how it's not, if you're not entering inheriting wealth well so just... there's here there's been in in toronto there's been a real estate boom in the past three years 
And I went from thinking, maybe I should get into the condo market to, holy crap, I'm never going to own a single thing in Toronto. In a year, housing went up 40% here. 40%. I went from looking at a pre-built condo for about a quarter million to it's now 450,000. Okay, and, and how in like and a, how long? a year or two? It just uh-huh. went astronomically high very quickly. Right. I mean, that's just that's that's the market doing its thing and and I get that. I mean, that's the evidence of the way things right. are going, right? Right. And there, yeah. there's many reasons for it. But it does mean that it's going to be very, very hard for those without a set path to have upward mobility, in my mind. Mm-hmm. Now, that is one of the things when, when I, you know, I've, I've lived in Toronto for a long time. And I looked at this, uh, building this business up on the Bruce Peninsula, uh, which, again, two and a half hours north, housing is much more affordable. I, I looked at it as an escape from this you know, metropolitan that you really, you, you just, no matter what you do, you're stuck in uh-huh. relatively the same place. You're running on a uh-huh. treadmill. You're not going very far. Uh-huh. So that was, you know, if, if we talk about motivation for doing it, I think that building, building a life that is sustainable outside of a metropolitan area was a big, big draw for me. And, mm-hmm. and if you mm-hmm. uh, have any familiarity with metro versus kind of the more rural lifestyle um, in the rural environments, you kind of if you kind of got to make it for yourself. You got to create what you have. Mm-hmm. It's it's a a bit of an eat what you kill culture there. But you pre- prefer it, and uh... I I prefer the lifestyle. I prefer the cost yeah. of living. I prefer the attainability of things, and and um, yeah, it's it's you know why would I look at skyscrapers when I could look at you know beautiful landscapes and cliffs and trees and and just a gorgeous environment. Yeah. So, um, you know, uh, when I first came onto this podcast, I kind of had a, like a, had a, had a vision of a story I was going to tell about like an experience mm. I had over, um, over work this last Friday or something, but, uh, I'm not really sure if it's, um, if it's oh. fitting now or not. Well, you know? I mean, you, you told me when, when you asked me to come on that you didn't really have an exact flow for you just wanted to go with the go with the groove so tell it see if it fits yeah okay um and for a second actually i feel like i need to break out of like that thinking like a podcaster and just talk to you you know what i'm saying well this is um it's a funny environment it's like how uh i've heard comedians complain when someone says tell a joke yeah it's like i uh can't this isn't the context for a joke this is my living room yeah, it's weird because actually, you know, when I'm when I'm you know talking to you, right? Um, but and I'm also thinking about maintaining like the podcast. It's also taking up my mental energy for me to you know stay like present. You know what I'm saying? When you're thinking about um, controlling what what your goals were from it. No. Um, so sometimes what's happening is like I I keep. Um, it's weird. I don't know if it's just me and you or if it's 
just me, just in general, these, cause it's, you know, I recently, this past week has been kind of rough okay. for me. Right. So my mental, you know, just my, just my mental focus, I guess, is just really jarred off, you know what I'm saying? And, uh, you know, I think there's moments within this podcast that I was able to like keep up and stuff, but also just, I think my mind is from this past week has been just really cloudy. Right. Um, and also what I think what leads into that is an experience I had about, you know, fr- uh, this last week. Right. Um, basically, um, you know, so I just came out of the workforce and, uh, got like a, a new job. Right. Um, you know, with it, when I first got that job, I kind of felt like, uh, it was already underpaying mm-hmm. me. Um, you know, like I saw kids who I knew I had better skill sets than get like way more money and stuff. And I, um, I think a lot of that was due to the fact that on my resume, I had stuff like, like, I just didn't have like the internships. I was just kind of like doing my own projects in a certain sense. But, um, anyways, what I want to say is, um, so for this job, uh, it's like an entry level position, but I've been doing like work uh, I've been doing the work of people like of a position that's like two or three levels higher than I actually yep. am, you know? I absolutely. Um, so, so I, I knew this was, I, I, you know, I've been taking it with, you know, I've been taking it in stride and just like being happy with what I do. Um, but at the end of the day, when we do the performance for re- review, like they're saying how, you know, they'll just never pay you for what you're worth ever. If you're in this, like, if you're in the system, you're just a cog and, uh, you know, um, I don't know that it just, it just, you know, all this kind of stuff is tying into this, you know, one moment in this podcast, but I don't know. I just, you know, recently it's just like, uh, that's why I guess I'm just like really confused in this moment of my life. And, uh, you know what I'm saying? Um, Oh, I do. I, I absolutely do. And yeah, here's the thing. If, if anyone from my old work was to hear me say things like this, I would sound so ungrateful. Um, the, the reality is I'm doing what I'm doing today because I had the experience that I was given there. Um, you know, at your age, I could have never started this business. I just would have, I don't know. I, I would have just sat on my thumbs all day, but, but to your point, it is your manager's job to get your work done as cheaply as possible. That and and the reality right. is that is what your manager is bonused on year end. How cheap did he get those check marks done? And that is why right. they are they are coach, they are they have every intention of underpaying you. And right. What, what what advice would you have for someone who's going through the moment where, you know, with for me actually, what I really enjoy about this job is that I kind of past doing the tasks that I do, I kind of have the freedom to like come into yeah. work late, leave early, and like go to the gym in the middle of the day. So it's like for me, I know I'm getting underpaid, and I've already expressed that I know that I'm getting underpaid, but I also really do enjoy the freedoms that I get at yeah. this job. But you know. What advice would you have for me in that I'll, moment? I'll, 
Because you know, I'm, 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 I'm taking everything into account here. It's my freedom, my what I'm getting paid. You know, what do you I'll, think? I'll give you. Everything? I'll give you advice specific to you, and also advice specific to people who maybe don't have that. Because you, you mentioned you have a little bit of an entrepreneurial desire, or you know, the, you're at least piqued curiosity. So my advice for you is to absorb absolutely everything you can. Take on every extra task, like for the next two years or however long it takes you, just eat their shit and absorb as much. Right. And, and, <laughs> right. Yeah, I mean, like, their shit. For real, like, just just yeah. take everything in as, as much as you can and then start uh-huh. to build a client base and then do it on your own. Cause I know you're, you said you're working on computers. It, uh, you mentioned it before, but I knew it was something, it was IT related, wasn't it? Yeah, I, I software okay. engineer. So that's um, absolutely something that you can do on a freelance basis, correct? Right. That's right. what I'm saying is is just absorb every little bit, get every single, you know, every time that they offer a new credential, every time that they offer an after hours course, just eat it up for two years until the point that you say, I can do every step of this process myself. And then you want right. to get your first client and and you know you do your first client for under market value but within not a very long period of time you're making way the hell more money and having a lot more control over your life by balancing depending on what your skills are worth in the market you know only a few clients throughout a year Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so what you're saying um is you know i mean there's really two options is for one is to invest that freedom and that time into, you know, gaining that knowledge to, you know, start that project on my own versus, I mean, the other thought of line is to just go out and go get a new job, here's, but here's the reality. that's no difference, well, right? Here, here's the thing is if you are valuable to your company, the, the reality is in any company, you are only ever worth what someone else is willing to pay you. Right. Uh-huh. So if you're if you're at right. X dollars and another company is willing to pay you ten thousand dollars more than that, they will match that if you're valuable to them. Right. Right. But if you go there without that leverage and just say, I'm worth in the market seventy thousand dollars, you're gonna say, Oh, you're absolutely right. We love you here. Let's talk about it next quarter. And then next quarter and then next yeah. quarter. Like that's just the reality right. of it. Oh, you know what? Budget's right, kind of right. a little tight this year, so we're going to push it till next quarter. And, and that- right. So what do I? Do? What do? I, so for me, right? What? Because the thing I, that worries me is that I'm scared I would go to. I could get a new job, high-paying job, and if I were to go there, you know, I might not enjoy the same freedoms, right? Sure. Now, but are you saying I could go get the offer, bring it back, and say? The freedoms that you listed Magic. to me, the freedoms that you told me are, in my experience, relatively common freedoms. So you didn't tell me anything super proprietary yeah. about what you do uh, or about what, okay. what you enjoy about that job. And, you know, I, I, I don't know the market where you are, but if you went into a major, you know, a major business hub and got involved in yeah. a place that was competitive with trying to get top talent, you're you're going to be looking at a lot more benefit than that. You're going to be looking at included gym memberships, free lunches, all you know, beer taps, whatever whatever's going to make the people happy. I right. do have an opinion on that. But in the in the middle within the day, in the middle of the day, or yeah, yeah. yeah I mean, 
I, the, okay, the okay. whole beer tap thing has a bit of a negative connotation to it. Now, now my my opinion on the free lunch and the the beer and the after work yoga sessions in the office is is that's to me a trap to make you stay late to make you associate uh-huh. your office with home and uh-huh. and really you know keep you there as long as possible because they give you every amenity that your home has. That's my right. opinion on it, but. Mm-hmm. Whether or not most people agree or not is is a totally subjective thing. Um, now, hey, did I answer your specific? Like, it's well, the, the, well. I mean, uh, the specific question was more so towards uh, you know, I'm in that situation where I I know I'm getting underpaid, but I enjoy the freedoms. But you're saying those freedoms also exist elsewhere. So, um, is the option best option for me is to just actually go and try to get new pioneering jobs or is it to inv- try to Where, oh, okay, so, so, i don't know so there's, there's many well, factors to a decision like this right there, there really are it's it's what in what workplace what environment do you think can get you the closest to your goals so you know you might you might be in software engineering right now but your goal is, in the future is to run an app and Mm-hmm. You know, that, that that's the cliche, but your goal is to run an app. And, and so maybe software engineering's a good place for you right now, but eventually you want to transition into a business marketing role or you want to transition into an operations role so that you have a bit more well-rounded approach. Or, you know, it's it's one of the hardest things to do, especially at 22. But if you want to think and picture where you want to be in five or 10 years, or maybe the easier thing to do is is just think and identify and, and describe to yourself what your lifestyle or what your life looks like in five to ten years and then kind of deconstruct from there. But it, uh-huh. it's about knowing that end goal as as uh-huh. definite or as broad as, as you need it to be and then saying, what right. are my stepping stones from here to there? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I'm getting, I think I'm looking in the wrong direction, right? I'm not, I, I'm looking too low in terms of what I'm actually trying you're, to gain. You're looking at short-term gain, right? You know, right, like a gym right. membership doesn't get you a house in the Hamptons. Right. And if, if that's if that's what you want, right? Again, I, like it's... Right, right, so right. just, it's, it's a lot of introspection and, and this is kind of what led me to always have that desire to be entrepreneurial because I knew that entrepreneurship is what gets me the lifestyle that I want. Right. And, and so I, gotcha. I deconstructed backwards from that. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, I do have to take that time to really understand what that is. I know for you, you've undergone that process and have a, at least, you know, much more clear direction, whatever, regardless of what you were saying before about, tangents and stuff but uh but yeah i do think i need that moment too also um you know i guess we should be wrapping up now uh about about soon right yeah man i'm i'm you know no no hard stop on my end but i think we've had a a pretty good conversation Mm -hmm. i i ended up you know confidently talking about stuff i have no authority in which is always a good thing on record right (laughs) no it is it i mean it feels good Uh, right i mean no this was fun i enjoyed it yeah. 
Um, so yeah, thanks for coming on and, uh, Sam, uh, you know, uh, you know, this has been my third podcast and I told Tim that this would be, you know, kind of like a learning experience for myself. I know Tim also wants to get more into, he just knows that podcasting is becoming more popular medium. Um, so what, what do you, what do you want from the podcast experience? I, I think I got what I wanted from it. And that is an understanding of, of what the process here is, right? What, what the dynamic of, of this type of conversation is. And I, I, I'm someone who can stand and just, you know, keep talking, but obviously you throw in the medium of a recording, you throw in the media, the, sorry, the, you, you throw in the, the factors of we're not face to face of, I'm just talking into a mic, you know, it, it, it's that experience that I think I gained from this. And you're absolutely right. This is an ongoing, this, you know, podcasting is not going to stop. It's not going to slow down. And I wanted to dip my toes into it. And so it was a lot of fun. And, you know, for me, I, I think it's, I, I'm, it's also a really good self-promotion tool, right? Not, not that I want right. to use this to as solely to plug, but it's also good to, to vent and talk about the business and, and see, yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah, it's 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 good just to talk. Yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, one more time. So Tim is running that marketing <laughs> thing up there. In wow, Canada I clearly did an excellent job describing it. It's, <laughs> our company is Hi Bruce. Hi Bruce, H I, and then capital B Bruce. Um, and it's it's a central marketing. It's it's a tourism information tool for travelers coming into the Bruce Peninsula. It's it's a, a central tourism region of Ontario. I know I'm obviously not going to get a super centralized target market with this podcast, but follow along on our socials and, and we right. post a lot of actually really amazing visual content. So at the very least you'll get something out of that. Right. Okay. Yeah. So that was all the info and uh you know that was been Facing Fears episode three and thanks so much for joining me and sharing everything at the share. It's definitely blew my mind. Like just so much of it and uh gonna have to come back yeah. sometime and uh I'm certainly yeah. opinionated. So okay. I will yeah, I'll, I'll hand off my our, our social handles to you and then uh, wherever you host this, you can just tag those as well, okay? Right. Okay. All right, thanks a lot, Eric. Okay. All right, thanks. All right, and there we go.